And we're back with another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Gerald Glassford, come right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos will recover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every week, twice a week, wherever you get your podcasts. We'll also as well inside sports, fantasy football. Also as well, of course, Joe Sorrell. He is Ox1947 at LakersBall.com, plus he owns a company out there as well that you got to support if you're in the Southern California area and you need a new lawn transformed into something much more magical than it is today, Simblades, Simblades with a Y.com. Also as well, of course, Lakerholics.com. The name on the marquee, Lakerholics Spotlight, is Lakerholics.com. Go ahead and check out what Laker Tom Jamie Sweet, and everybody out there in the Lakerholics community have to say about the Lakers each and every day at Lakerholics.com. Plus also as well, our good friends, Empire Jeff TV, Lakers in 5, also as well, the John McCallion channel, Larry Lakers Dribbling Chit Chat, Daniel Berry Sports Highlights, and the Lakers Corner. Please support those great channels. And speaking of supporting great channels, please go ahead and like follow, share, subscribe, whatever you can do to help us out. It is immensely appreciated this holiday season right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Well, I'll tell you what, it is a good day indeed when you can start talking about trades. Again, it's still all speculative, but December 15th is a magical day on the NBA calendar as the teams, in some cases, are now available to look more seriously into into just looking at more as far as their roster, who is available for trades and whatnot, because many players on NBA roster, not all, but many players on NBA rosters became eligible on the 15th of December, with more to come next month before February's trade deadline. So we thought we would go ahead and have our resident trade guru. Shout out to you, Big Sofo, as well. Appreciate it. Glad you're here as well. But also as well, again, it is that time of the year when you can start speculating on trades, who might be going where and when, and what do the Lakers, you know, what do they need to get and where? how do they fit into all this? So we brought in our resident trade i don't want to say guru i don't want to say expert i would say just maybe our trader tom so to speak it is the guy who is the darvin ham apologist which is with his latest comment at lakers fast break page on lakerholics.com as i notice as i return to there because the bugs have now gone away uh, from lakerholics.com and i'm allowed to go ahead and actually get on to lakerholics.com which was so fun now I get to be able to post videos there once again. It is Laker Tom at Laker Tom. Good to have you here. The Darvinham apologist that you are. Uh, again, he did not like our episode yesterday with Magic Man and I. And even though the majority of our audience feels otherwise, that he is doing a pretty crummy job at the moment. But be that as it may, Darvinham aside, it is now trade season. We thought we would go let you go run wild on certain speculative trade matters as far as who to target, who do we think is a feasible target, who maybe not. doesn't matter. We'll just go ahead and give a big shout-out to many people on there as far as 
that you think might be up for trades. And, but there is one name that isn't on your list that you that I'm going to show here in a second because I'm actually going to go ahead and get a retweet that you tweeted out there. I'm going to put it on the chat here in a sec, this link right here. And, okay, it's up there right there. So your thoughts, Laker Tom, will bring you in, plus also Magic Man Sean Grice is here. I'll formally introduce him as here in a second. But Laker Tom, go ahead. Let us know. Get us started with some trade talk from Trader Tom. Well, let me sort of set the stage. Um, as Gerald so aptly described everything, players who um, were recently signed are now eligible on uh, December 15th to be traded. Some. Well, there are, and then on January 15th, players who were recently signed but used bird rights will also be eligible to be traded. So those are the two dates, and then February 8th is the trade deadline. Um, the Lakers really have four options. One option is to do nothing. They just keep the existing team, add a 15th player, and let's go. Uh, second option is to maybe make minor tweaks, one-for-one one trades, you know, where we still keep our 12-man rotation even though we can only play 10 at a time or in any given game. Um, that's a very good possibility. The third possibility is that we realize we only need a 10-man rotation, so we do a three-for-one trade to try to upgrade the starting lineup. And, uh, you know, you, you're going then for – you're giving up that depth, that insurance that nobody's going to get injured, you know, and that's something big to give up for the Lakers who can't seem to even, with a 12-man rotation, be able to go out there with more than eight or nine guys at times. And then the last one is to go for a superstar. Go for a, you know, go for Trey Young or, or, or Levine, you know, and and just go all in on a third superstar. Those are the four options that the Lakers have. I don't think the extremes doing nothing or going in for a superstar are going to happen. Um, but Zach Levine is getting depreciated so much that it's probably turning into a possibility that he could be traded for something that nobody could have imagined a year ago. You know, um, his price has really gone down. And, and on top of that, he's currently got a small a minor injury, um, add that to his injury history and so forth. And, and his salary, you know, it's, the problem is, is getting rid of a $40 million guy is a lot harder than getting rid of uh, two $10 million guys and a $20 million guy, you know, and your chances of, it's really a famine or feast situation because, you're putting so much into one player. If you put that money into three players, you could have all three be good. You could have two of them be good. You could have one of them be good and still come out ahead, you know, in a situation. So uh, this is a real test. You know, we saw we saw a screw up with Westbrook that was just worthy of firing the general manager. And then we saw a turnaround that's like worthy of being general manager of the year in what he did at the trade deadline in the summer. Um I think we have three top priorities in my mind. Uh, I think we need a better point guard. I don't think D'Angelo Russell is a championship caliber point guard. I think we need a better small forward. Torian Prince is not the answer as a starter. And I think we need a better backup center than Christian Wood or, or Jackson Hayes because neither one of them. The problem is, guys, you know, when you get minimum guys to fill these spots, there's a reason there's a, these guys are minimum guys. 
Um, we really need to take a look at the center situation. You know, I mean, I'd love to get somebody like Daniel Gafford or, or Kelly Olenek even to, you know, to diversify that position. Um, I also, I also, and we'll talk about this one. I'm sure I, I, I think that Draymond Green is a great fit for the Lakers. Could be gotten for a reasonable price. Um, he's a clutch guy. He fits the center position. He's a great defender. He's a great distributor. Um, did you did you just say Draymond Green? You know, mm-hmm. pardon? Did you just say Draymond? I, yeah, I, I, I'm a little sleepy this morning, but did you say Draymond Green? Because I think I think that there's a possibility that Green is going to get traded, and I think that the Lakers would be a perfect landing spot for him. Um, okay, that's so my flabbergasted yeah, mouth here saying that's you're crazy. Yeah, that's going to be flabbergasted. No, that's listen. There's there's a lot of it's an interesting it's an interesting scenario when you really start to look at it because he only makes 22 million and he's got a four-year contract um he's the lakers need a center who can defend joker he's probably one of the best defenders in the league against joker um he's a great distributor a great passer and he's a great defensive play caller and he could start he could start next to Anthony Davis, and the Lakers would be would be a tremendously better defensive team. That's something to think about. You know, he doesn't solve the three point shooting contest. You'd have to you'd have to go out and maybe you know try to do something to get better defensive point guard. That's still a big issue, I think. You know, um, I, my first my my favorite two picks are still to trade for. For Marcus Smart and Laurie Markinen, I think they are the perfect two players to change the starting lineup of the Lakers. You get a great de- you get a great defender at point guard, and you get a an eight to nine shots three point shooter, who's a volume three point shooter and can also play backup center uh, in in Laurie. And uh, I think he's on the trade market now. Almost everybody I'm reading says that he's on the trade market. Um, and the Lakers, they should go after that. They have that. They have that opportunity with. They have a really good opportunity with the Jazz because the Jazz own their twenty-seven pick, except for the first four picks. So it's we could remove that protection, turn that pick into an unprotected pick, and give them two pick swaps that would give them the essential of three unprotected Laker picks to get Markin and Olenek. Um, so those are the kind of trades that I think that the Lakers should be looking for. I'm not a fan of Zach Levine. I'm not really even a fan of Zach Levine if we got Alex Caruso with him. Um, it's, I mean, that's the, that's the backcourt that the, that the, the Bulls have. That's going to really turn us around? I don't think so, you know. Um, so I think we have to think about those three positions that we really need. You can't go forward with the D'Angelo. I just you can't do that. It's not going to pay off. It's going to be a problem at some point. He will get played off the court either offensively or defensively. And you can't have a guy who's that's like a two-way liability, a two-way vulnerability. And as as good a player as Tayshon Torian Prince is, he's not a starter on the championship team. And if you so you got two positions that you got to flip around. One of them's got to be a volume three-point shooter. You either got to go with the Trey Young route, or you got to go the Laurie Markkinen route, or or the 
Boyan Bogdanovich mount route, you know. So you get a guy who can really fire up a you know eight or nine threes a game and and be consistent with it and be a clutch shooter. Or and you got to go defense and offense. One of those two positions has got to be defensive improvement, and one of them has to be an offensive improvement. And if you can pull that off, and somehow along with that drag in a Daniel Gafford or or a Kelly Olynyk to really add some versatility to your center position. Um, I mean, there's no way you can trade for Draymond and, and be able to to get. You know, you just got to make you got to choose where you're going to get him for. And I still think the top priority would be Markkanen in my mind, or Markkanen, or or I, I go back and forth. Smart too. If, I mean, because you could get smart, and then you could put Bojanovic, Bogdanovic into the, that three spot, and he could give you the seven or eight, nine threes that you need a game to really stretch the floor and create spacing. So there, are, that's why I think that being able to take advantage of the Grizzlies maybe and and steal. I mean, we're repeating what's been happening. If you just look at what's been happening with the big guard names going around, what a change Drew Holiday has made. That difference on the Bucks are really in trouble because they'll find a way to make that work, but they ain't going to have the defense that they used to have with Drew Holiday. And that's going to make a major difference. And you can just see that the missing point for the Lakers is to get a guy who can pay that position I mean, I, I can't believe that the, I mean, it's really, the, the Celtics are a cold-blooded team, man, because Marcus Smart was the heart of that team. He was the heart and soul of that team, and they didn't, they flipped him like, just like they did to Isaiah Thomas, man. I mean, cold-blooded, that's just, they, forget about the loyalty, forget about the fans, we'll live over that, they'll be back on us when we win. That's their whole attitude toward it. Um, but I love Marcus Smart's heart. He's the kind of guy I'd like to have leading my team. He's the kind of guy I'd like to give the ball to the point guard. I know he takes bad shots sometimes, but yeah, he pushes it. He pushes it, and he pushes it defensively. And and he's you know he's got size and length, and and we're building that kind of team. Those are the kind of players that we need to go after. That's just basically where I am philosophically on what trades I'd make. There are lots of guys out there. Uh, you know, we it'd be great to get a good backup point guard. You know, um, the guy, the guy that the Grizzlies really miss miss having a good backup point guard. Um, and he's these are the kind of guys that could be gotten with second round picks. You know, three or four second round picks. The Rui trade. You know, um, I think we're really going to see possibly a Rui trade where we're going to look for a guy that we can pick off with with a bunch of seconds. Um, it seems like seconds are all of a sudden become a lot more valuable than they used to be. I don't know if that's true or not. Just get a feeling for that. I've seen a lot of trades with three seconds or even four seconds. Like they've got five seconds to play with. Um, the other side of it too, is that there, there are a lot of teams who are looking to make deals now because the competition is, I mean, between this, there's like two games separating between, fifth and ninth place in the West. It's like, and and it's so competitive that you look at the teams, the you know, even the, the Nuggets may be in trouble. I mean, I can't believe Oklahoma City went in there. And Murray, just, Murray can't stay healthy, oh. Tom. They're in trouble. Not only that, they can't hit the, they're not hitting those clutch shots that they hit in the finals against the Lakers, you know, all of those. I mean, it's the same thing you see with the Lakers. 
all of those guys that buried those shots against us, the next game they can't hit anything. Um, you just got to expect that. that. There is a Lakers curse or a Lakers tax. The Lakers tax is basically you don't get the free throw. You have to reduce your free throw calls. And, you know, it's just natural. And then shooters are going to be hot against us. You know, that's how it always happens. Um, but we need, you know, we need three-point shooting. We need guard defense. Not wings playing guard. Not wings who can't shoot playing guards. But guards who can actually shoot. Um, and, you know, this will be... I don't, you know, I, I, I'm a little worried that we're going to get Levine. If we do, I'll, I'll clap my hands and jump aboard the train and root and pull the horn and toot my whistle as much as I can because he he could answer them. I mean, the biggest thing is that his last four years as a three-point shooter have been exactly what we need on offense. If he could stay healthy and just do that, he's not worth $40 million, but, you know. It would help, let's put it that way. You know, If we could have our kind of defense, if we could find a way to play the same kind of defense that we're doing right at the peak when we have everybody healthy and stay healthy and have one guy who can just bury shots like crazy, then you know, we'll be fine. But we got to find one guy to do that. We need, we need, we better come through with one big shooter. And, and then, you know, there's got to be some effort to try to get him some more shots than just whatever happens during the equal flow of the game. And so and I think that's true, you know, because I think, I mean, if LeBron's got the ball or Russell's got the ball or whoever's got the ball and we have a Buddy Heald or a Boyan Bogdanovich or a Laurie Markkinen sitting anywhere open, they're going to get the ball to him. They're going to be looking to get the ball to him. They're going to be setting plays up. He'll be the guy setting the screen you know, for the, for the ball handler um, so that he can just slip the screen or, or do a pick and pop on it. So we need to make changes and we need to make trades. And um, those are, that's where I'm standing right now. And uh, we all know that none of the trades that we ever talk about ever happen. And usually the trades that happen come out of the blue. That's probably what's going to happen this time. Um, I just hope, you know, I put out a list of all of the players that have been talked about for the Lakers uh, and as well as ones that I felt the Lakers, just by nature of what they need, should be looking at. Then um, it's a huge list, you know. I mean, it's I – I, I haven't counted. It must have 30 players on there, 30, 40 players. And they range from, you know, 2,400,000 2, to, uh, you know, to 40 million. So – there's a lot of range there. There's a lot of players that are out there. I, I think percentage-wise, there must be – I haven't looked at that. I, that's an interesting stat. Do we have more players in long-term contracts now or not? I think that we have fewer players on long-term contracts, more free agents, in other words. A higher percentage of the available players are probably available in free agency. And if you throw in trade and sign-in trades, probably – 20% is untouchable. 20% of the league's untouchable. The LeBrons, the 80s, you know, Tatums and Giannis's. Nobody's going to trade those guys. At least you think so. So anyway, pick the trade that you hate the most. That's what everybody seems to do with me. So let's go on. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. 
Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. The better that these Marvel films do, the higher the standards are going to be for not just other films in general, but other Marvel films also. I think it's really hard to end a show with this many fans in a satisfying way. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Playing worldwide on radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, it is the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It is Laker Holic Spotlight. It is Laker Tom in the spotlight today. Trader Tom, as it were, talking about NBA trades, proposals. No matter how crazy he got, and, and no matter how crazy it gets, he's here today joining us. And Draymond Green is pretty damn crazy. I'll just leave it at that. It's so funny because I tried to stream live to Instagram and I had a separate Laker Tom channel. Because I had Laker Tom going in one side of my brain and the other side of my brain. I just couldn't handle it. So, yes, it was on delay. So, Instagram was like 30 seconds behind. So, I had Tom here and Tom there. And it just, yeah, it wasn't working out for me. So, I had to shut it down for now. So, once again, it is Lakers Fast Break. Darren, truly appreciate you stopping by, especially with the Super Chat. Tom, I know Vando is an incredible defender, but Rui can help you on both ends of the court. I love Rui, and I don't want to trade him. But his salary is going to be enticing. I understand that, Darren, in any trade. And I, I think that's probably the place where most teams would, on the other end of the spectrum, would ask for as far as that's concerned. But also here today is a good man indeed. He is the madman from Toronto. He did get out of Toronto traffic to go ahead and stop on by to talk some NBA trades. It is the magic man, Sean Grice. Sean, fantastic to have you here, my friend. He did a sensational job on yesterday's show talking about Darvin Ham, which you can check out on the Lakers Fast Break channel. My friend, Tom has already started the morning with some really crazy thoughts there. I don't know why you would take one, a person or draft, you know, trade for a person that would be, how should I say, one punch away from getting a indefinite suspension forever? Or permanent suspensions, per se. So I don't understand why you would spend Banishment, someone... you mean, Gerald? Yeah, banishment. Of the, in, yeah, exactly. Or someone who is, uh, you know, on the other end of his prime so much that it's just not even close. You know, especially someone who's owed, you know, $100 million over four years like Draymond Green. That one I thought was a little bit out there. 22, 22 million a year for Draymond Green. That's yeah, like a uh, hundred million on Draymond Green. Twenty-two uh, million a year sounds like a bargain. Uh, let's try Locked one million. Four years. Uh, no way, no way. Uh, I, I, I'm with Joe on that one. Sorry, I'm going to say it. one thing. Joe and I can agree on is we do not want Draymond Green on our team. But Magic Mad, I will say that Zach Levine has been part of many rumors that are out there. He, you know, supposedly behind the scenes. Imagine that as a clutch client. He has said, oh, I want to go possibly be a Laker. I would really kind of like be a Laker. Well, he's from L.A. That's great and all. But I'm not a big fan of his game either because, as I mentioned to other commenters out there before in recent days, you're talking about a guy owed $148 million on the life of his contract. Poor niece, getting close to 30, extremely poor defender. And his shooting, which was what he was reviled for, is down to 33%. So I'm not sure I'm seeing a bargain if that's the case, even if you package Garusa with it. So I agree with Tom there. But before we get into the list of 
trade targets that are out there, including one I'm going to add myself here in a minute. Who do you have as possible trade scenarios that you think that you might be interested in that would be a good fit for the Los Angeles Lakers? Can it get any crazier than Draymond Green, my friend? I don't think so, Gerald. That would be pure carnage as far as trades go. That would that wouldn't end on Reddit or on Twitter for about uh, a month and a half, I would say. Uh, that being said, though, Gerald, I mean, if it's a if it's a personnel issue and it's if it's a scheme issue, Green helps the Lakers immensely, both offensively and defensively. He would make he would make Darvin Ham look like a good like a really good coach at times. Now, that being said, skill, some skills have really diminished and you know, it's questionable whether or not he can, he can ever get them back. I, I, I have my doubts, but we'll leave that where it is. Gerald, I think if you look at the landscape across the NBA and what the Lakers and other teams need, I think ide- identifying certain situations is as significant as identifying certain players. So if you were looking at upgrading your guard position, there are a couple teams that immediately stand out. Washington stands out because they have a couple guards uh, that could really help the Lakers and they're willing to deal with the Lakers. As we know, mm-hmm. the Toronto Raptors have wings, Gerald. They have, uh OG and they also have Gary Trent. Now that situation is interesting because Ujiri needs to get something for one of those two, Gerald. He didn't get anything. He didn't get anything for Kawhi Leonard. He barely got anything for Norman Powell, Gerald. He's the only thing that's holding that Norman Powell trade together is Gary Trent Jr. So and he didn't get anything for Van Vliet. And he didn't get anything for Freddie either when he left. So he's under immense amount of pressure. I want everybody to understand that. It's true. He's mercurial. He's very rigid. He's at times very hard done by when it comes to making trades. But Ujiri needs to pull the trigger on something here, Gerald. He's got to show uh, Larry Tannenbaum and the MLSE board and the fans that he's doing something. Because they do not have a team equipped right now to even get challenged for a plan. Uh, the other, the other team that's that's you got to circle the wagons for is the Pistons. Obviously, terrible. Looking, looking to jettison as much salary as they could. Uh, Laker, and as Thomas said, Bogdanovich is there, and so is Monte Morris. Either one of those, either one of those guys would help you. Uh, one's a guard. One. Is on the perimeter. That being said, what do you want to give up? Because they wanted a first round pick for Boyan Bogdanovich last year. You're not getting that this year, especially three, on a, three seconds. Yeah, especially on an expiring. Yeah, I agree with Tom. I think two or three seconds is is uh, is adm- admirable compensation for the Pistons. Uh, in the West, Gerald, uh, obviously you're looking at a, a team like the Spurs who would never be willing to deal with us. So let's. Uh, Let's just cancel that option. So it's really only the Eastern Conference that the Lakers really have any wiggle room to work with. And they're gonna have the Jazz in the West. Yeah, the the Jazz are interesting. If you if you were able like you said, Tom, if you were able to take the protections off that pick, maybe maybe you offer another unprotected as well for marketing because he's twenty six. 
I mean that that's also the the other uh the other bugaboo Gerald is that when you're making these trades teams are likely going to want two out Austin of the three <laughs> or three out of the four really Reeves Reeves Reddish Vando and either Delo or so you're looking at possibly giving up three or four of those guys I would say this if they wanted both Reddish and Vando in a trade the answer is absolutely not you can't have both of them I wouldn't give them. I wouldn't give up either one of them too I wouldn't give up either one of them They're either not enough. They did. They, they, there's no money. There's no money there. So you you can't even. They don't even work for matching because you end up with too many players going in. So they have to cut people. Yeah, it's just I. I it's really you know, tough. Team, really you tough. know, teams of fans. They love their players more than any other team. And I'm I'm just thinking. You know, the the reputation of Austin Reeves outside of the Lakers is questionable. There, I think there would only be a handful of teams who'd be willing to uh, bring him in. That being said, mm-hmm. I, don't, I, mean, I, almost, I almost think differently there. I almost think that. Remember, you can't trade Vanderbilt. Uh, Jared Vanderbilt cannot be part April, of April. Yeah, yeah, he can't be traded. But 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 I think what what's going to happen is the Lakers the Lakers need to trade. Everybody knows that. So the guys that we're going to try to trade for are going to be trades that are going to be trades that would justify us giving up a good young player, and. Believe me, no matter how much the the Christie stands would like that to be Max Christie that they're going to ask for, they're going to ask for Austin Reeves because he's on a great contract and he's a great player for that contract. You got a guy who's 15, 5, and 5, guaranteed. You know, he's he's the most valuable asset that we have to trade. Max and Christie's I, been horrible this season. I mean, so they, he's why he Rui, Reeves is why Rui has to be traded. Because you can't trade Reeves. Teams are going to ask for one of the two of them. And, and Rui's the guy you got to give up because he's got promise. He really has promise, man. I mean, I will agree with him. Listen, I mean, I, I'm not – I don't want to get into the Darwin Ham discussion, but I will say that that Darwin – one of the frustrating things is Rui not getting a lot more playing time than he should be getting at this point in time, especially considering our shooting needs. And our size needs, you know, that just I'll agree with anybody who's criticizing him for that. But when you get back, when you, you get back to looking at, at some of these trades that we need to make, there is it always comes back to the big question, which is. Do we have a, starts with do we have a team good enough to win it now if we don't do anything? And the answer to that, I think, is no, because I think we need a better point guard, a better small forward, and a better backup center. Um, and if we got those three things or two of those three things, I think that we could be the best team because I think our players will improve. I think we have more of a ceiling than other teams do because of our age and maybe except for Oklahoma City because of our age and, and talent level and the player development or can, orientation of our staff. I think that they really do get better as the year goes on. And it's not just chemistry, but it's actually players playing better, making better decisions, you know, being better players, doing more with their minutes when they're in a game. But I think we have to make a trade. So the question then is, what kind of trade? 
can we we'll, can we just playing around the edges do it one for one here a one for one there throw in a couple of seconds here you know maybe throw in the first with a lot of protection on it and and you upgrade it and you get a Boyan Bogdanovich you know you get a you get a you know you get some players or do you really how high how do you how high do you shoot I happen to think Markkanen is the equivalent of a third superstar I think he's that good just because of the combination of all of the things that he has. I mean, the guy can shoot like heck. He's three-level scorer. He's big. He's got a huge body. He seems to be able to stay healthy, and he's young. And he's not really that expensive. He's really cheap at this point. You know, he's he's going to have a big extension in two years that'll be a max player. But he's the kind of guy that I would give up all of these draft picks for. I like him better than OG. He's better be better fit for what we need and, and for what our, where I think the league is going than OG is. Some guy who shoots eight or nine threes versus a guy who shoots three or four threes. I mean, he can he can single-handedly solve the Lakers three-point shooting problem because he can add, you know, seven or eight threes to our 30 a game that we take, and immediately we're in the middle of the pack at 37, 38. Uh, Tom, I disagree with you on that. If he's taking seven or eight threes a game, that means somebody else is taking less. The team just does not take that no, many threes. We take the 30th lowest. We are the least number of any team in the league that we take. But, Nobody else takes under 30 except for the Lakers. I, I've just said that he, the, the, he will not single-handedly fix the problem for the Lakers as far as a three-point shooting is concerned. I think that I think that if Buddy Heal, a Bayan Bogdanovich, a Laurie Markkinen, a proven high-percentage, high-volume three-point shooter will dramatically increase the number of threes that the Lakers get. Just single-handedly he'll add, he'll raise us from 30 to 35 threes just by putting a guy who takes that many threes in the game. All right. Well, if that's the case, Magic Man. Uh, again, I, I one one player. It takes going to take more than one player to change the dynamics on that, in my opinion. But let me go ahead and share with you some of the free agents that are out there. And let's go ahead and I'll share it on the screen here in a sec. Uh, bring it up here. And Magic Man, I want to ask your thoughts on this. When it comes to some of the names that are on the screen here, I put it on here right there. You see Zach Levine at the top of the list. You see Trey Young at the top of the list. There's one name that should be even higher on the list as far as because his salary is a little higher because it's based, you see it's structured by salary, but Clay Thompson's name is conspicuously absent. He's going to be a free agent. He has a dad in LA. Yeah. Hmm. Talk about potential Lakers trade targets on here, you know, his what's name the, would what's probably salary be now? What's Clay being paid now? Forty-three. Forty-three. So it would take it would take uh, it a uh, Rui. Uh, it would take a uh, D'Lo again. Yeah, D'Lo, Rui, and throw in a Gabe Vincent if he's healthy, because uh, you know we have to see if he's healthy coming back. He's supposedly coming back this week, so we'll see how he is. But here's another name that could be thrown around there in the mix. But you've got Zach Levine at forty million, Trey Young at forty million, Sean. Pascal Siakam, you see, Kyrie Irving, Carl Anthony Towns, Darius Gerald, Garland. you understand the list is 
in financial order of the salary. I just mentioned that to our audience. Okay. Yes, yes. It was not a list of my who I think is the number one. No, no. These are this yeah, is I all as far as based on. Want to make sure you understand yeah. that. Brandon, Brandon Ingram, Donovan Mitchell, DeMar DeRozan, Jeremy Grant. You see the list that's right there, my friend. Does anybody stick out to you, my friend, as a possible good trade scenario? You mentioned Gary Trent Jr. That's uh, definitely someone who the Lakers could be interested in. Do you see anyone else there that stands out there, Sean? You know what, Gerald? I'm, I hate to say this, but I'm kind of in the boat with Tom. I, I think for for whatever reason, the the – the Lakers are tied to Levine for for whatever reason, and something I, I got just this sneaky spidey sense that something <laughs> yeah, may happen yeah. there. And, yeah, it's um, right up, it's right up there, it's right up there, man. And it's com- it's complicated. You can't include Vando. They probably want Reddish and Rui. It's you know they're they're gonna want a lot of yeah, our they, they can give in, they can give many of those free any of the potential free agents is yeah. fine but reddish has got to be kept reddish has to be kept yes at 100 percent he's untouchable as far as i'm concerned i'd never i've never thought i'd hear those words anybody would say about cam reddish at any time at point well his defense is, has been that significant to the lakers gerald I understand that magic man, but no. Not only that, his offense, his offense has been better than better than we hope so for. That the the grouping in the middle here, that's interesting. I don't think Dallas is going to be willing to part with Kyrie to the Lakers for a, yeah. for any any kind of upgrade, even if they thought unless they, they unless they bomb totally or something. Yeah, there's there's no way Cuban yeah. does that. Cat. Interesting too, but again, Minnesota's in first place right now. I yeah. doubt they. I doubt they. They make any big moves. They other now. Stand- Cleveland yeah. has been on a hard times, Magic. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So your thoughts there, as far as the smaller backcourt of Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland. Darius is out right now with an with injury, but he will, Yeah, he'll be back. Donovan the Mitchell. Bigger, their bigger front court has also failed. They had this tiny backcourt and giant front court. And neither one of them have worked. Yes. So. Yeah. So that's interesting, Gerald. I will say this. Um, I'm skeptical. I'd be really skeptical of training for Donovan Mitchell right now. Um, De'Aaron Fox has turned down a huge extension uh, from the Sacramento Kings because he wants to test free agency when the uh, when the new TV deal uh, comes into effect, Gerald. And... <laughs> It's also an open secret that he's going to walk away from the Cavs as well. So he wants to what, go to the Knicks, I think. Yes, yeah. that's what I've heard as well. well let's, let's. So, I mean that. Don't want to get in the way of that. No, <laughs> you don't want you don't want to uh, cut off your nose to spite your face. There, Garland is interesting, Gerald. I, I again, I question kind of the Cavs' move there about bringing him in because it's reduced. Garland's efficiency dramatically. Um, would you trade for Darius Garland, Gerald? Uh, he's probably going to be thought of as too high. There's probably the package would probably be too great. There is no untouchable on the Lakers outside LeBron and AD. Let's get. The but are you worried Cam, about his size? Uh, Cam Reddish as a minimum salary player should be someone that should be considered in a trade for the right individual. But Magic Man, when it comes to Darius Garland. That's a pretty high price to pay for someone who might have some defensive issues. Again, 
when it comes to what we would see in the playoffs because he is. Why don't we let's roll guard. the list up? Roll the list up to Demar Derozan at the top because I think that those guys in the thirties and forties. Well, he's right there. He's in the twenty. He's right there in the middle but of the but screen. The guys that I think are really interesting are the ones in the teens. Okay, well, let's go ahead and do that. Let's put Demar Derozan here at the top. His name has been bandied about right. along with many of the other Chicago Bulls. See, now you're now now we're getting into the heart of of where I think the Lakers should be looking because there are guys in this list here who can solve our shooting problem. There's guys in the list or make a big dent in it. There's guys who can really solve the point guard playmaking issue. There's, unfortunately, there's nobody in here that I see that can solve, solve the center problem, but oh, Jared Allen's an interesting possibility. I mean, I don't think we're going to pay 20 million for a center, but I mean, I, you know, I, I would, I, I'm tired of paying two million for a center and having the guy be a bomb. You know, give me twelve million dollars, ten. Give me twelve to fifteen million dollars for a good center. It's worth it, you know, because um, then you get a second guy to play next to AD and a second guy who can cover when AD sits. It's really an important position, you know. Um, I will say this though: when it comes to so what you're seeing is when you scroll down the list as far as it's concerned, Magic Man and jo and Tom. Uh, DeJounte Murray's name kind of stands out, but mm -hmm. you see the number now, but it also gets dramatically bigger because of the extension that he signed. So right. would you be interested in a DeJounte Murray there, 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 uh, Sean? Uh, you know what, Gerald? I, I'm, I might be interested in him. I'm more uh, to, to solidify a center position if Atlanta really wants to deal, I'd be more interested in somebody like Clint Capella. Clint, okay. Well, they would want to get rid of Clint Capella because of his contract and what's his age. Clint, what's Clint make, Gerald? I'll uh, check that out right now while you're doing that. So go while you guys are checking yeah. out. Are there any other possibilities right there for you? What about Brogdon? Uh, yes. What about Brogdon? Yeah, well, the, uh, you know, Bogdan from the Atlanta Hawks is also mm -hmm. uh, younger can, than Boyan. Yes, he's only 29, I believe. He's, I right. think he'll be 30 in the summer. But yeah, he's he'd be a great wing to have alongside LeBron AD. A uh, very good catch and shoot player. Uh, wouldn't need the ball in his hands a lot to create for others as well. Um, Just to let you know, Capella's at 20 this year, 22 next, and that's the end of his contract. A little so, high for center, but. Well, that's why Atlanta wants to get rid of him. Plus, they have Okongwu that they've been wanting to put in right. the starting spot forever because he's never earned it on his own. As he got, he's, he's Gerald, shown a lot of promise, but Tom, he's shown a lot of promise now for several years. How much more can you show this promise for him to deliver? Go ahead, Magic Man. Yeah, Gerald, it's been five years waiting on the backup center now. Yeah, I mean, we're, yeah. We're, we're approaching five and a half. Um, when you acquired AD, um, one of the first things everybody kind of recognized was, well, there's a slight injury history here and he definitely needs an adequate backup center because he had one, he had one in new Orleans. Yeah. And we need to get Daniel Gafford. Somebody, somebody. Gafford, Gafford. And we now the wizards We've always had a good relationship with them, but they just changed general managers, didn't they? They fired what's his name. Yes, they did. But how much how much of a leap is he above Jackson Hayes? 
Seriously. He's, well, seriously, he averages he's yeah. in, 20, in 20 minutes a game, he's averaging two blocks he's in one steal. Third worst team in the league. I he's think a, Jackson, he, if Jackson I've watched, him, I've watched him play. He's he's a great finisher and he is a dramatic in, improvement. He could he he might not start, okay? He I mean, if you get Valentinus from from the uh, Pelicans, he could start and he's like 16 million. Yes, uh, Gafford is like 12 million. He possibly could start, but he would be a great, he, he's a great rim protector and defensive player and, and dunker. Um, but uh, and I'm, I'm with Sean on the backup center is really a big issue, man, because how many games do you, do you what do you think? How many games would you think 80 is going to miss the rest of the year? Right uh, now, he goes off his losses. Yeah, I'd say anywhere from uh, from five to ten. Those are losses right now. That's five to ten losses. You can you can get five to ten wins <laughs> right now by getting a good backup center. That may be more than you'd get. Well, that's got to be that's got to be as much as you could get from a better starting point guard or better starting small forward. Frankly, ten wins. Well, if if you were able to go and get a, get a Valanciunas, he he adds you size and the ability to stretch the floor and yep. at a reasonable contract. That's mm -hmm. something, yes. But uh, I'm sure New York Griffith would want something as done as far as a package. Well, you know what's interesting about players that? that he doesn't want office. Yeah, office think team. think about what we have with what we were talking about with the Jazz. We have we have a pick. They have a pick of ours. How much protection is on that pick? It's 24, 25. Part of the deal could we could fix it at, at 25. So we could use 24 to get uh, a certain player at SC. <laughs> I would not wait. I would not waste it. Right now, he is not ready. He is not ready. If you're just getting it for LeBron, that's that's a mistake because he is not what ready. What if you're getting it for LeBron and a two-year extension for LeBron? Again, you, why would you want to waste a first-round draft pick I don't know. for I don't a player know. that's not ready? I don't you know. See him I don't today. know. If he's ready. I I actually happen to think that I've watched I've watched him play. I he's watched not him play ready. That, he he's probably the best defensive player on that team. He is not ready. The kid's just started his college career. Let's give him some. Yeah, but needs. listen. But look at the, 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 the. All I'm trying to say is that you could take the protection off of the twenty-five. Make him pick twenty-five. Take the protection off the 25, so we got the 24 to use this summer. And all of a sudden, you've got a, a hand in to go after Valentinus. Because you can improve you can improve that pick that they got. You can turn that pick into an unprotected pick. Magic Man, yeah. I'm going to say this. Well, let me ask you this, Magic Man. That worth a good back, a backup center, a guy who would start at center. You you talk about Magic Man when it comes to Washington, Daniel Gafford being a good option for the Lakers. Laker Tom seemed to agree with that. He's not going to come without a package. Uh, the Wizards would probably want to dump Jordan Poole in our laps because of his gaudy contract that's out there. So they're going to attach with, if you want Gifford, it's going to come with a price. What about Poole? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Yes, necessarily. We give them three if you're a smart GM, you want to get rid of your bad contracts along with the players that, that teams do want if you're a smart GM. Gerald, you pick up the phone and you talk to the guy and you find out if a deal can be made. 
That's all we're saying. This is a guy you chase. Well, I'm going to tell you the realities of the situation. It, you know, you can't take the good without the bad in these trades unless you give them a whole lot. In the there are there are no untouchables on the Washington Wizards, Gerald. Uh, there's like I come did on. Say, come on, you come on, Tom. Think come about on. it. There's a trade Think to be it. made for Daniel Gafford. Maybe okay. we don't. And maybe you, we're and not you willing to have... give up what it is. But you're. What are you saying? Don't even go try to. Yeah. Who do you well, want to I'm get just, to center? Who's your answer? You, Who's your you, did you not yeah, hear what I said? If they, if you're going to go after Gafford, you're probably going to have to take something else that the Washington Wizards want to get rid of in return, or provide right. them with multiple picks. The thing is that Lakers don't have that many picks to go ahead and reference on that Magic Man. Well, so nobody's going to give anything but second round picks for Daniel Gafford, so we can give second round picks for him. I'm not worried about that, but I'm not going to give a first round pick for it. But well, if you look at you're gonna uh, have to get him in a package, most likely. Yeah, because if you look at the the Wizards' uh, salary cap here, other than at the top of the list, there are one, two, three, four, five, at least five players, six, excuse me, that the Lakers could potentially identify on the Wizards uh, for helping them. Now, you, Gerald's right. You probably. Go, I would probably to try to if I would and now encounter I would probably say Sean go for, try to ask for Corey Kispert would be an individual right Gerald he's right down shooting. here yeah yeah make less less than yes. four million pretty if you, if you good could, if you could steer them away from Jordan Peele and go in that direction that would be much more apropos well nobody's going to take Jordan Peele's absolutely. contract <laughs> I, 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 absolutely because Kispert uh Denny Advia or Tyus Jones. Tyus Jones would be who I really want. Tyus five or six guys we're seeing on that, yeah, on that roster that look like they could uh, effectively help the Lakers in more ways than one. There, um, Kuzma helps the Lakers with his scoring and his defense. Gafford with his shooting, his defense, and as Thomas said, he he provides twenty five tough minutes a night. Uh, Tyus Jones is a playmaker. It's so amazing how many good players there are on terrible teams, isn't it? Yes, yes. So the, the the Wizards are going to be very active, and they they really need to strip it down to the the studs here, Gerald, because they've also missed badly on some of their drafts as well. Johnny Davis, Johnny Davis had a great senior year at Wisconsin Gerald, but I'm I'm pretty sure you would also agree you didn't think he should have been in the lottery. No, he was uh someone who was very disappointing. I had him rated lower and so did most draft analysts. And you know, watch that's a story of Washington in a nutshell. They've missed and whiffed on several draft picks, even to an extent Rui Hashimura, because obviously it didn't pan out for them as well. So yeah, yeah and and Gerald, we also have to remember, because we're kind of in a hard cap, soft cap uh, zone with the CBA, Washington is obligated to pay somebody or some people because they have a floor to meet. And they, I agree with what Gerald is saying. They want to force somebody else to take their bad one of their bad contracts. I just think they're going to have to sit on it with pool for a couple of years, Gerald. Mm-hmm. Kuzma's the contract that they, they can likely move with very little teeth gnashing. 
That's true. He is still a desired player at this point in time. Poole has uh, disappointed. We thought he would probably be a 20-plus point a game. How, how big is Poole's contract? Is it in the 30s? It's massive. it's massive. He's still got four years left after this one. Yeah. And, and he's how much How much per year? Uh, it goes up. <laughs> yeah. Where here, is... let me take a look here, Tom. Yeah. It, it's uh, I can I can look it up as well right here. So when it so comes his to contract Jordan... goes from 29 this year, 27 this year, 29.6 and 24.25. It balloons yeah. to 31.8 in 25.26. And then when he's 27, he'll be making 34 million. He's going to have to get down to a minimum player before he changes his game, man. <laughs> it's going to be a long ride. Envy. Oh. We're gonna see. I don't. I don't see the Bulls moving Caruso. I really don't. I think it's all smoke and mirrors. Uh, I, I think they do. I think no, they, I do, think they but do. Because the bidding war for Caruso is just gonna get too sweet, Magic Man. I think he's gonna. They're gonna ask for two first mm -hmm. round draft picks for him uh, in a package. Uh, so I really think that that if somebody bites on it, I didn't say the Lakers. I said if somebody bites on it he's gonna definitely be traded at that point but when it comes to the chicago bulls magic man there are several players that could be up on the trade block for them io Dusumu, kobe white uh, nikola vucevic uh, demar Derozan, and yes of course zach levine uh, zach levine's been much talked about with our audience as far as back and forth on yes or no uh, i know that uh, there's a lot of people out there that uh, also like DeRozan. I'm not a big fan of DeRozan's game. I just don't think it fits on the Lakers. I think it fits on certain teams. Him coming off the bench would be amazing for certain teams. For us, I don't think it would be a great fit just because of the fact that we're so inept at shooting at this point in time. Uh, but one name that's out there, or actually not very much out there, is Kobe White as a point guard that could come off the bench for us and provide a little bit of a spark. He's averaging 17 points on the season. He's averaging uh, not too bad from three and actually providing some good quality minutes for the, for the team. Would he be somebody that, Sean, that you might be interested in? Yes, Joe. Yes, absolutely. Um, I'd like somebody else attached to that, personally. Like, if you're going to have Colby White in that trade, um, if, you know... If I'm giving up Bruy or Austin Reeves or somebody of that that ilk, uh, you know, you're gonna have to make me your brother somehow and include either Pat Williams or Io. If you're not gonna include Alex Caruso in a deal like that, because uh, it's ne it's necessary for the Lakers to if you're gonna if you're gonna trade a package for Colby White, then you you seriously either have to. Make sure you can upgrade on the wings, or the wings are pretty secure. Um, but again, Gerald, as we've seen, the Bulls are the Bulls need a couple things. Uh, they have pretty good defenders on their team, but they don't play good team defense, and they have a massive hole at the center position. So it's not like we can help them there. So yeah, I would be interested. In we'll give him Jackson Hayes. We'll give him Jackson Hayes and Chris Wood. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, any any deal with uh, a potential guard or a backup center, Christian Wood's got to be involved. Tom, I agree. Well, remember, <laughs> but they don't. They're as minimum players. They don't take much. They don't take much uh, in their salary. You know, as far as yeah. no, but Gerald, Gerald, as, as, 
Tom Tom stated it better than any of us ever could. We need to secure that backup center position. We've had that problem for five years now. Wood and Jackson in in concert, in con, in conjunction with each other, does not produce the requisite effect for having a, a basic competent backup center. We need we need so another guy that's up here, Tom. You put Lori Markin in. What, how do you feel about Kelly Olenek, Tom? I love Kelly Olenek. I, I would go after, uh, the thing about Olenek is that he's not a great rim protector, but everything else you want from a center, setting screens, being smart, passing, he's up to four assists per game, rebounding, driving and attacking, and most importantly, three-point shooting and stretching the floor. He he's just terrific in that position. You know? He is. He is, I, Tom. I agree, hundred percent. And I wouldn't. The thing about him is that he is a guy you can put in. I mean, it's funny. Say, I've seen several guys talking about how we need a defensive force at center to back up AD. And every time I look at that article, every one of them includes Kelly Olenek, and they say, "Well, listen, I know he doesn't do that exactly what we need, but boy, he does all of these other things that." are so Lakers-like that it's a perfect fit. He's one well, of those and, guys who does all three stats just like Reeves does, just like LeBron does, just like, you know, that's 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 the formula. you got guys who can shoot, rebound, and pass and do all three of those things well in the context of their teammates. They're great teammates. Yeah, he's, he's probably the most – again, all due, respect, all due respect to Carl Anthony Towns – Oh, I, the most, I would say I would say Olenek's the most versatile power forward in the NBA. He's played with double in a double big lineup. He played beside Al Horford. He's played in a small ball lineup as a power forward with Bam Adebayo. He's played beside Laurie Markkinen. He's played beside Walker Kessler. He's a very versatile front court player. I agree with Tom. And Gerald, don't think that because he plays in sleepy little Utah that other contenders aren't after Kelly Olenek. And I know a lot of people want to point, well, you know, Kelly Olenek just strikes me as another another guy, just another guy, right? Well, let's see. He's been on the Boston Celtics, who have pretty smart front office people, and Brad Stevens, Joe Mazzula, and at that time, Danny Ainge. He's gone to the Miami Heat with Pat Riley, Eric Spolstra. He's gone again to the Utah Jazz with Danny Ainge and Will Hardy. Smart basketball people try to acquire Kelly Olynyk for the obvious reason. He's a productive, effective player. A lot of people don't like the way he plays, Gerald, because he's a little rough around the edges, as Kevin Love could tell you. Yeah. But And his arm. But Kelly Olenek is another one of those guys. You hate him when he's not on your team, but you love him when he is. He's like a Dylan Brooks. He's like a Marcus Smart. You hate the fact that you got to play against him, but when he's on your team, he's very effective. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, Lakers fans. 
Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. I mean, if you could get Lori and Kelly, you're giving up you're giving up your protection on your 27 pick and you're giving them two pick swaps, which are essentially unprotected picks. Um, and it's interesting because Danny Ainge is going to have to do a hell of a job or else the pick swaps could be worthless in a situation like that. But he's also probably the only GM who's really going to be here in 28 and 29 who, you know, could actually see himself using those picks. Three shots at a Lakers at a top five pick. That's basically what you're talking about. The Lakers trading if they if they try to get that. But those two players would, would you know, oh, and, Marcus Smart and those two guys are the three players that I have to fit all of those three things. The starting point guard, the starting small forward, and the backup center. Okay. Well, again, our audience uh, you know, has varying opinions of her own. Uh, including Colin Castleton, which is still hilarious to me. Uh, the kid's not ready. Did you see him get uh, used and abused? Do we? It's funny how are the memories. He's a year, he's a year from being a year away from being ready. <laughs> see how badly he was abused by Alper and Sangoon. Did we not remember <laughs> how badly he was abused by Alper and Sangoon? The kid well, is Sengun's not ready. also abused a lot of better players. Than that means better he's not ready, Tom. Castleton is not ready. No. He's ready to come in when you're losing by 20 to the San Antonio Spurs like he was on Friday night, but he is certainly not ready to play NBA primetime basketball. If you're going to go to war in the playoffs with Colin Castleton right now, you are in for a lot of trouble. So let's just put that out of the box. People just got to stop with Colin Castleton. Stop. Who is the, who's the backup center on the Grizzlies who did so well against us? Oh, is are you talking about – Santi Aldama? No. Um, Is it Kenny Lofton Jr., Tom? No, there's a veteran. There's a veteran that was on the Grizzlies that. Yeah, I know. I think I know who you're talking about. That he, when, when Adams went down. You're not talking about it. Triple J. No, no, he's not. He's not talking about. He, there's so it was, the, it was. It was. So, look, I, are you, maybe are you thinking of Valanchunas, Tom? Because Valanchunas and Adams no. got traded for Xavier Tillman is who he's talking Tillman? about. Tillman is who I'm talking about. He okay. has struggled mightily this season. Was Absolutely he? this season. Yes, he has Boy, been. He was, he was great last year. <laughs> he started this season because of the injuries and whatnot right. as their center. And, yeah, he has struggled mightily, to say the least. Well, it's so frustrating. To, do you know that every game we've played, the other team's backup centers <laughs> – who are all no-name centers, have been better than our backup centers? That's what really kills me, that we can't even compete with the, the second-string guys. I mean, Hayes has just been such a disappointment. Wood, if Wood could goddamn hit his shots, I mean, my God, his shot has just disappeared. So I, there's still a chance that he could that, hit it. That's partly because of coaching, because he's not allowed to – he has a shooter. Well, he has no – there's no rhythm in there, and he's he's 
he he doesn't handle he doesn't handle the he doesn't handle the ball in traffic. But he's, well but he's just not athletic enough to yeah. to keep up on the defensive end. Let's just, right. just just put that out there. Uh, but Magic Man, you know, of all the sensible trades that are out there, I'd probably say Atlanta. If you were able to go ahead and look at Dejounte Murray and Clint Capella, uh, probably or Trey Young. I, let's let's uh, talk no, about Trey Young not, for a second because no, wait, 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 wait. Trey Young does a couple of things that no other no other trade target can do. First off, he gives you a truly elite point guard who can dish and can score. And he's a clutch client. Who cares about that? I don't care about well, that. I know they care about that, I, but I don't well, care about that. Well, Dave, if they care about it, then it's a factor, Gerald, and you can't just ignore it. But he absolutely hurts you on the defensive end. I Sure, he's like 10th on my list of possible trades. But the simple fact is that if you compare, because every trade that you consider involving what you give up for the other guy who's at the exact same salary, okay, you can just simply switch this over. Because if, you, if, you, if you're willing to pay X, Y, and Z for Levine, and you look at Trey Young, a lot of your risks that you have with Levine you don't have with Trey Young. He doesn't have a bad injury history. He's younger. He's a point guard, so you don't need to solve the point guard problem. And he's a great point guard. I mean, he is one of the best point guards and one of the best shooters in the league. So he's he's got that in his favor. He's a volume three-point shooter. He solves that problem right away like Levine does. Now, he's going to cost a lot more. So you want the point guard for a 10 and 15 team? I want, I think that one of the top three priorities of the Lakers is to find a championship caliber point guard. But is he? Every year, every day that LeBron plays, it becomes more and more important. And the way he plays defense and such a defensive liability, I disagree with you. Well, no, I I haven't proposed that. I'm just just saying, let's look at Trey Young versus versus Zach Levine because I, I think there's a lot of I think there are some reasons why Trey Young if you were going to go if you were going to go that route of getting a 40 million dollar superstar frankly I might prefer to give up more and get Trey Young but then if you get and, spend 40 million on Trey Young which is how much he is right now then you 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 run the risk of not only of gutting your team, but not you getting as much team. Back. You just go down to a 10-man rotation. It's a three-for-one trade. You go to three a 10-man rotation. So you give up three players. Got. Again, Atlanta would have to be interested in those three players. Sure. Of course, order. every trade has got to be like that, Gerald, and there's all of all well, the other I've seen your trades. Not forward. everybody would – if you're an NBA GM, it's – yeah, you're and, on the and, other and, end. And, and, I'm just yeah. saying that there's a reason – there's good reason to think that if the Lakers wanted – were convinced that they needed to go for a third superstar right now that I might prefer Trey Young over the risks of going after Zach Levine. I would, I would, if you're going out of Atlanta, I would try to go and get out, go after Murray Capella. I would do that too. On top of it. Yeah. I never wanted, I would do that same exact thing. I'm not saying I would trade for Trey Young. I'm saying I would trade for Trey Young before I trade for Zach Levine. Most yes. Of 
I, well, I think we can uh, all agree yeah, about that, that, Tom. Yeah, that's, I think we can too. But Magic Man, you're asking for uh, – I'm just telling you if I'm going to Atlanta. If you know, you're know you going Atlanta one direction, I'm going Atlanta in the other direction. But Magic Man, uh, you mentioned in, in your comments right there that you love Smart. He has struggled mightily from outside uh, this year. Uh, Boston may have been on to something that uh, maybe the other rest of the league wasn't or, on or to. Being, or being dealt like that by Boston might be one of the reasons why he's not too – thinking very positively right now because he might be on the downside of his career because he's getting close to the big 3-0 his mm-hmm. numbers have kind of dwindled down uh, mm-hmm. both last year and 28 year. to 32 is the peak he's still yeah. right in the lower part the, of the, the peak well again his sh- shooting is not at the lower, lower part of the peak that's you're, for sure you're looking at a situation where he's in a new city and a new team that's doing terrible oh man you same and how would that be different if he goes to a new well, city in the los angeles lakers it's a change in environment, a different coaching staff, a positive. You've seen how it turns around in Los Angeles. You saw what happened with Malik Monk. You saw what happened with Lonnie Walker. You saw what happened with, I mean. Lonnie with, Walker's shooting better outside of the Lakers. Malik Monk Well, the Lakers, he got a chance to turn his career around and refresh it. There's a reasons to believe that coming to the Lakers can help a player become better because of the coaching staff and the player development orientation of that staff. We've seen that over and over. Whether you dislike how Darvin Ham substitutes or who he plays and gives minutes to, you can't deny that the guys play hard for the guy and that players who come here, even Christian Wood, who isn't even playing now, the players who come here believe in this guy. I mean, uh, Z and everybody, you know, so many other people, Magic Man, are talking about the Lakers curse when it comes to shooting that you automatically lose oh, yeah. four or five points, uh, percentage points off the year three well, point that's, percentage. That's because most guys aren't playing with two superstars in the, who have the ball a lot. That's... Uh, I don't know. I'm just I'm just saying what other people are saying in regards I, I, to the Lakers shooting curse, Magic you No, know, you're just trying. You're Why are you using the excuse of other people? Why don't you just say I'm saying that? I don't want it because I don't believe it. I don't believe in the Lakers curse. I don't believe in this fact that you put on a Lakers uniform and automatically your shooting gets worse. No, I, I don't think it has anything to do with that. I but do think, I do think there is, well, there's one element, the bright lights. There are some guys who can't handle the bright lights. Well, Lonnie Walker Jr. But let's put this in perspective though. Lonnie Walker Jr. has been out for quite a, quite a spell with injuries. So while he's been shooting better, Magic Man and Tom, he's not been healthy. Uh, let's just put it that no, way. I, I, and Gerald, I has, think that where you play has a lot to do. The environment that you're playing in has a well, that, again. A we've said we, we've, players play. we've said that for we've said that on the show before, Tom and Matt. I'm going to get to you and make sure you you get to talk here in a second. I will just say we've said this on the show many times. It's the situation. That's why certain Lakers players in, that have not flourished with the Lakers play better elsewhere, like Mo Wagner, Kyle Kuzma. Uh, although he had his moments with the Lakers, uh, you talk about, like I said, you said Lonnie Walker, uh, and also as well Malik Monk, they played better outside, like, but then again, other players like Cam Reddish are playing better than they ever have before in their entire career with the Lakers. It all depends on how they fit within a certain scheme and a certain organization. But Magic Man, you have some thoughts as far as some alternatives. Uh, you know, I know you wanted to go ahead and talk about possible trade targets out there before we head on out. Uh, yeah, and uh, you know I agree with everything Gerald just just got through saying. So, 
other than that, Gerald, what Tom stated at the beginning, I think is the actual order that the Lakers should go, should try and uh, address or mediate these issues. So backup center, playmaking point guard, and a wing defender that could shoot. One of those you're likely going to have to deal with on the on the waiver wire, Gerald, and the the buyout market. You're just going to have to identify one of those situations is going to have to be uh, addressed through the buyout market because, as Gerald alluded to, you just don't have the draft capital on top of the young players that are wanted, so to speak. Badly around the NBA. I mean, every play, every team thinks they've got great young players. I think we do. It's just it, it's a matter of taste in the NBA when you're making a trade. So if you're looking at uh, a prop, Gerald, they're probably going to do the same thing they've done the past three or four years: wait for the buyout market and address a need at the backup center position. Unfortunately, that's. That's the modus operandi in which Palinka moves. So if you're going to look to acquire, you know, that playmaking point card, Gerald, I'm like, I'm, I'm, fig- I'm trying to go through all the permutations and what else is left because I think we've covered a lot of it. Unless it's a move that Palinka made that's not on the radar that we're not we're not discussing and um, it just comes out of the blue. I mean, did we didn't talk about? D'Angelo Russell and Jared Vanderbilt and Malik Beasley as trade targets last year, Gerald. But as it happens, that uh, that trade just uh, just didn't didn't uh, create legs on its own. I'm sure Danny called Rob Polink and asked him, "You like these two guys? Well, here's what it's going to cost you." I think if there's a move to be made, I think that's the one uh, that's going to happen. The 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 D the players and the details were not even focused on in front of mind. I know that uh, they're talking about Tim Hardaway Jr. Uh, he is uh, very up and down as a shooter. We saw how well he can play with the highs of highs against the Lakers earlier this week. And then we saw you didn't what you didn't see is if you check the box scores, is the next game. Yeah. Where's the lows of lows? So again, Grant Williams, the Tim Hardaway Jr. Sh- Shot combined one of 14 from three against the Wolves. Right. Yes. Yeah. And he is very one-dimensional, but he is a volume shooter, Tom, which you mm-hmm. like, 17 points a game. Average well, he's, a, he's been a volume shooter. He's volume shooter on the stats right now, but he doesn't appear on, an, on those volume stats in any other year. So it's... And yeah. Gerald? What, happen, what happens with these guys is that it's funny, they're... You don't find anybody on the volume list who really can't shoot unless it's a Westbrook or, you know, or, or some oddity like that where, yeah. why, why are they, or LeBron, you know, LeBron was on the list last year and he was shooting 3%. Um, now he's shooting 40% now, so it's a big difference, but, but pretty much those guys who shoot those seven, eight, nine, ten threes a game, they're all, they all got a history of pretty good shooting and they do it every year. And, and I think those are the kind of guys who you can bring into the Lakers and they won't, they won't have the bright lights curse and they won't have the other curse, which is not being good enough for the other Laker players to look for them. They look to get them that uh, shot because they trust them. Go ahead. Matt. His, his, 
Tim Hardaway Jr.'s um, playoff production is all over the map, Gerald. Yeah. I, I understand a lot of people love him in the regular season, similar to D'Lo. But we were on We Talk Maps, and they were like, you know. Stay away. Yeah, yeah. stay away. Um, His playoff production is is just up and down. His three-point shot was broken in Atlanta, Gerald. And he shot okay a couple years ago, and he shot really well last year. But it's a small sample size, man, because Dallas has trouble getting out of the first round most years. And why do they have trouble – getting out of the first round most years. Well, a lot of their a lot of their cap allocation is tied up in Tim Hardaway Jr. and Rashawn Holmes and all these players that don't impact winning. That's my uh insistence with Tim Hardaway Jr. Love love skill sets that he has, possesses, doesn't lack for for uh confidence. It's just that shooting is just so all over the map. Uh, I don't think he's Frank is a Dallas a... fan and he's ready to give him up, Magic Man. That's all I'll say. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. all we that should always well, if be. We, if we judge that game he played against us, he looked like the best shooter in the world, man. Yeah, I but mean, the, just he... because he well again against us doesn't mean he'll shoot yeah. well for yeah. us. How many times have we seen that before? So, oh yeah. Yeah. You know, I when you talk about who can solve the Lakers shooting problems, I think. I think I can list them on one hand. You know, it's pretty easy. Markinen can do it. I think Buddy Heel could do it. I think Boyan Bogdanovich could do it. I think Trey Young could do it. And I think that okay, I'll 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 even say Zach Levine could do it. Those are five guys who those are five guys who I don't think are gonna shoot fewer threes or make fewer threes in the Lakers. And and you know what's interesting about this whole situation, Gerald? I I find it kind of kind of humorous is that it's not as if the Lakers haven't tried to get better shooting in here. They've tried. They've tried. Better shooting in the form of... Mike Muscala, Lonnie Walker Jr., Jason Capono. We'll go all the way back to Terry Teagle, Gerald. It's not as if they just, just sit on their laurels and not make moves. They try and acquire shooters. It's just it's up to the coaching staff and the players around that player to put them in positions where they succeed. Gerald, and, the, and the player and the player because Beasley was exactly what they needed, but he just couldn't make the shots. Glenn Wright, Glenn Rice didn't forget how to shoot when he came to the Lakers, Gerald, and he didn't forget how to shoot after. It's just in between that was the problem. Yeah. Jason Capono won a three point contest for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Couldn't shoot a pee into an ocean with us, but they tried. This curse crap, Gerald. It's not a curse. Cur- curses are fantasy. That's from make-believe, you know, voodoo uh, stories. There's no curse. It's They haven't had the proper fine-tuning of shooters in the Lakers system. It's just that simple. You, you, can, get, you can get mad and... and Throw your arms up in the air and say, "Oh, the Lakers are cursed." Well, no, it's it's not a question of that. It's a question of it had for some reason it hasn't worked out for the most part. But there are some exceptions. The problem yeah. too is the problem is that you can't. There's a huge difference between a guy who takes three or four threes a game and a guy who takes eight or nine threes. 
And it's the same difference between the guy who can score 20 points per game once every 10 games and the guy who will score 20 points per game nine out of every 10 games. It's, it's a player who is elite at doing what he does. And the guys who shoot seven to 10 threes, Beasley was really the only one of those guys recently that we've had. And unfortunately, he just couldn't handle it. He couldn't handle the pressure. He just did not shoot well. And he flopped. Um, but the main reason is you can't, you can't, the, what's so crazy about the math of the three-point shooting differential that we suffer is that you cannot, even if you shoot extremely well, if you only take 33s a game, you're losing that differential because it, other teams are taking 43s a game or 45 threes like the Mavericks take. So you can't, you can't compete against those teams, even winning all of the points. You have to do everything perfect. You have to win the points in the paint, the second chance points, the, the made free throws battle. You have to win every single one of the, the, the fast break points. You're going to win every single one of those to overcome that shooting differential because of the volume, because you can't win on, on taking 33s a game. So it's not getting better shooters. It's getting high volume shooters. So you don't care if they may make them or miss them. It's just, you know, just no, take that's, that's, a, that's, come on, Gerald. That's not a fair assumption. Well, obviously, you want, obviously, the only guys who are going to be allowed on any team to shoot 10 threes are guys who are going to be shooting 40% or LeBron James, one or the other. You're not, we're not talking about, we're not talking, you can't bring a guy who shoots three or four a game and expect him to become a seven or eight shot a game shooter that's not the way it is by the time they get into the pros they're at one level or another they're a guy who's got the balls and the confidence to take all of those shots and he's going to take them and his teammates are going to find him because they know he makes a good percentage of them those are the guy you got to get a guy like that it doesn't mean so that's that what does that eliminate it eliminates maybe getting a guy like Ananobi who's three or four you're going to pay out all of your draft picks and everything to get a guy who shoots three or four threes a game. He's a great defender. He fits perfectly. But he's not going to solve your offensive problem. And your offensive problem is you got to take more threes. You have to take more threes to compete. Otherwise, you have such a disadvantage against those teams that shoot a lot of threes. You also have to make them as well. That would be Of course, you have to make them. You got to make them. Yes. But, but it's... But the correlation is really the made made threes. It's your made three pointers that count. How many three pointers do you make a game? We make 9.7 a game. Other teams are making 12, 13, 15. Anyone you would take that, take the percentages and move it back. This percentages don't really matter. It's the volume. You cannot score a you I mean, it's stupid as it sounds, you can't make them if you don't take them. And I know, Tom. That's the right. That's the right philosophy in basketball and with uh, with trying to find a date. It, it's it's true. It is. It's so true. And and that's the more volume. The more volume you have, the more likely it is you'll get a better outcome. Not only that's that, true, but I'll tell you know, what: the more times you put yourself out there, the better you're going to be at doing whatever it is you're doing, because. There's experience. There's a rhythm to things. There, there's all of these things that go along with it. The Lakers are trying to get into the modern age 
but they still have one thing that they're holding on to, which is important, which is that defense comes first. Now, the league is trying to make that not happen. The league is doing everything they can so that, no, it's offense that counts first. And realistically, in the NBA, because the players are so damn great, great offense does beat great defense. But we can shrink the floor for people when we got five guys out there that are almost seven-foot length, and they're fast and they're athletic and so forth, and they can really defend, then all of a sudden that that court becomes so small. There becomes no lanes to throw the ball. You know, you can't, you can double guys. And when you, you notice when the Lakers are doubling guys out at half court, that path take, that pass takes so long to get down to the, into the key that LeBron is like taking off when the ball is thrown and he's running like 10 yards before he intercepts the thing because the pressure is so great and the length is so great of the defense. That's why I believe we need to go after Marcus Smart because we need a point guard who can, play defense the way the rest of the team can play defense. Yeah, I I, I, I agree with that. I'll, and uh, a footnote, Gerald, you got to – you both alluded to this, Tom Tom has in this pod. you got to find almost the right player to put in between AD and LeBron at this point, Gerald, especially on the wing. So you have Jared Vanderbilt at least for this year because you can't you can't trade him. So you need to find a wing that is both uh, active and productive, can shoot a little bit, and can play the kind of defense you need in a playoff series. Because as we know, Gerald, Vando's lack of offense and LeBron's coasting on defense for two or three quarters is hyper exposed in the playoffs magnified microscopic like those four or five minutes where lebron is coasting and he does coast for all you lebron stands out there he does coast you have to mitigate that because vando's offense is is nullifies any any kind of impact lebron has defensively so you have to find the right wing in that instance like the playmaking guard and the backup center, that's we know those two can identify somebody with those skills. But that wing, that's that's the fly in the ointment right now. And one of them's got to be a great volume three point shooter. One of them's got to be, one of them's got to be the guy who scares the other team. We'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. Well, before we close it out with Tom, and once again, it's the Lakers Fast Break, Lakerholic Spotlight on Laker Tom and his trading ways here today to join us here for the his thoughts on what's going on is the man behind Ox1947 at LakersBall.com. It's got the Pittsburgh Steelers hat going on. It is Joe Sorrow. Joe, you wanted to jump on, so jump on you do. I know this. it must be something because if you're watching football and you want to jump on to say something, you know it's got to be good. Go ahead, my friend. I'm just curious on some of the, what's the word? Um, Trade proposals? Ideas. The reality of 
quality players coming to the Lakers in a trade is what which quality player will demand to be traded this this year that's the question so the first sort of demand it's not really a demand it's just more of a an olive branch is is uh, Zach Levine now Zach Levine I believe would have been traded by now if he wasn't making so much money so <clears throat> whomever does decide to pick him up uh will we'll obviously have to decide on how they want to handle the remaining parts of his contract the Lakers won't be one of those players, unfortunately, unless they give up uh, somebody like Austin Reeves. But the Lakers have two options this season. Their option is to hope that LeBron and AD stay healthy and play like madmen, or you have to figure out a way to give up what talent you have for someone who's better than what you have in the most important part of the solution to the Lakers woes game in and game out, which is can we sustain a lead? Can we dominate without LeBron on the court, AD on the court? I don't know. I don't know who those players are. I don't know who's going to be available. It's a very weird last few years with, with the whole talent trades and all that. You, you don't really see too many, uh, you you only see the Kyrie thing where it's just so bad that you got to get rid of or Harden where you just got so bad where you got to get get rid of those guys and those guys tend to not want to you don't want those guys on your team typically because they kind of distract from the, the the greater goal they haven't won anything in all their mishaps if you look at Kyrie and and, and James Harden it's they're not you're not winning anything with those guys no matter how many times look you did win win with Kyrie. I'm not coming. That was 50 years ago. I'm talking about the last five years. Uh, as soon as those guys start to demand trades, you'll notice that they don't win Jack after that. Ben Simmons. Well, James AD Harden, did. Kyrie. AD wasn't necessarily a disgruntled guy where he was demanding it. New Orleans just didn't. And I don't count Damian Lillard into that category either. That Those aren't, those aren't adolescent crybabies asking to leave those guys are like look i gave i gave you guys a shot here nothing's producing you guys don't have enough resources to get what needs to get done I, i'd like to leave that's different so if you're going to get somebody this season of any relevance it has to be a third guy doesn't need to be a starter needs to be a scorer someone who can supplement the offense once it's a once uh, LeBron, at least if, if LeBron sits, if you don't find that guy, it's going to be very difficult. The the more you get extended into the playoffs, and that's something I've said a few times, and I think it's something that continues need, continues to need to be said. If you're going to get guys like uh, uh, what's his name, uh, someone <laughs> that's a that's a funny name, Kelly Olynyk, <laughs> Kelly Olynyk's. Uh, I like the way he says it. Kelly Olenix. Uh Somebody like that's not going to really move the needle, guys. Uh, we tried doing that with a oh, few guys. Oh, come on, Gerald. You're better than that. You can you can make up a simulated 2K NBA name. Come on. So anyways, so yeah. So with that, we're, we're going to know, I think, in about a month how this kind of starts to play out. 
if the Lakers don't do anything by February, by the deadline, then they've essentially said, look, we're just going to roll with this team, obviously. And uh, yeah, maybe a buyout player, but I don't know. I don't really, I don't think there's a lot of buyout talent out there anyways, but the Lakers are going to, we're going to probably see them get bounced in the second round if they don't do anything. They have to do something if they want to infuse any kind of just something to, to give these guys a little bit of breathing room when they're not playing. Now, how that plays into the Darvin Ham situation? Darvin Ham is a terrible head coach, not a not an average. He's also your assistant general manager who's going to be sitting right next to Rob Palinka on every one of these trade discussions. And yeah, yeah, he's a terrible, terrible head coach. Uh, if he wants to be an assistant GM, then he should, you know, relinquish his position as a head coach and go be an assistant GM. We need a coach right now that knows how to set parameters with certain players and also obviously uh, set plays that make players use their talents better. I found, I found the right one, Gerald. I actually found it. If we – whoops. Keep going, Joe. Yeah, I think, again, that's it. That's all I got. Well, I'll tell you what, though, it's been a great conversation. Magic Man, did you want to show off anything before I send it to Tom on, on what he's been doing at Lakerholics.com before we head on out? Uh, absolutely, yeah. Sure, but not... uh, keep keep uh, keep Tom going because uh, I'm looking for this. Okay, yeah, because it's not—I don't see it as of yet. So no worries. When it does pop up, I'll—I'll—I'll I'll, I'll pop it up on the screen. But All Laker right. Tom, uh, it's been a fascinating conversation. It's gone to many different, uh, you know, twists and turns as far as the names that are out there. Uh, what are you working on as far as obviously a lot of trade proposals still to come? But what are you working on at LakerHolics.com? Um, well, I just published an article where I'm proposing trading for. Uh, Marcus Smart and, and uh, Lori Markinen. Um, and the article that I'm working on right now is uh, a trade for Draymond Green. Um, I know that's an extremely controversial situation. If you um, can read lips, mm -hmm. if we acquire yeah. Zach Levine, I'm going to say the exact same thing. Hmm. Well, I think that I think that the you'd have to say that Zach Levine is a fairly mild uncontroversial if, 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 if for, for those who can't read lips when he was drafted by the minnesota timberwolves he looked up rolled his eyes and said f me <laughs> yeah he probably wishes he's still with the timberwolves considering how well they're playing now and and how the rudy gobert trade one year later all of a sudden looks a lot different to a lot of people um most of my trades basically are there's a there's a tendency that I have that I love out of the box solutions. So I really don't deny that. Never could have guessed. I don't deny that, and and uh, and I don't I don't mind the controversy that goes along with making those decisions. Um, really, Never and I and that. I have to say that probably I have two minds when it comes to basketball. One is a fan's mind, and the other is a coach's mind. And in a coach's mind, I tend to be pretty conservative, and I probably don't change lineups. I'm probably a lot like Darvin Ham and Frank Bogle and being very resistant to changing lineups and very, very dedicated to taking players that I personally think need more time and have an opportunity to grow to giving them that opportunity. So 
But as a fan, no way. <laughs> as a fan, I want to win now, and I want our defense to get better, and I think we have a need for a center. And I want to look at the Draymond Green situation. I haven't decided whether I'm really going to recommend that we make that trade, but I want to look at it because I see a lot of possibilities in the trade. And it's one of those situations where I know LeBron and AD are very close to Draymond. They have a good long-term relationship with him. Uh, being part of the being part of the Clutch Sports Group is like being part of a team. These guys have a lot of interest in each other, and there's a lot of time they spend together. So I'm hoping that that maybe out of this whole thing that maybe LeBron and AD see what's going on with Draymond. And I, and I like the way the Warriors have handled the situation because I think the focus is right now that Draymond has something wrong with him, man. Something's wrong. That's the league has handled this situation. Not the, not the Warriors. The Warriors the league have has not handled, handled, the league this has handled it well, but the Warriors have responded well in the sense that they've gotten aboard on this whole thing that, okay, we got to get, we got to get help for Draymond. Does anyone? So they did anyone else think he knocked out Jordan Poole last year? Well, yeah, but or when he kicked. I have a feeling, Ellison. I've known a lot of guys guy. like Jordan Poole. Guy. I've known a lot of guys like guy. Jordan Poole, and I played with him, and I punched out a couple of guys like Jordan Poole. So I don't blame. I don't blame Draymond one bit for that. There's some guys just ask for it. There's some guys who just constantly ask for it. Yeah, Gerald, I know Green. you're. I know you're kind of Green making that face now, but yeah, actually, that's... Tom, Tom has kind of a point, Gerald. Uh, there were I'm a lot of warriors. There were a lot of Warriors players who wanted to, uh, yeah, put their hands on Jordan Poole. It just so happens Draymond got to him first. Okay, but uh, talking well, about I, all I, the I, other instances. Okay. okay. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. but back back I, up a back up a second. So you know, yeah, yeah, there is there is there is a risk factor involved in here. That's that he could get banished from the league. He could get suspended for a whole year or banished. Well, that would save the league. But he's still and, and and the skill set, the skill set that really counts, which is his basketball intelligence and his fierceness in the rim. He he can he would be tremendous if he could be if the Lakers could somehow through clutch and LeBron and AD get. Get him in the right sense of minds. I think the Warriors are ready to trade him. Well, let me let me say this before we yeah. get it to Joe to give my answer because I have a feeling That's we're 100 percent on it. Magic Man, you had a lot to say, and I wanted you to go ahead and make sure you express your feelings, my friend. Yeah, Gerald. Like as I was thinking uh, thinking about this the the past uh, couple days, very interesting to me. Like, so why should the Warriors be? in any way, shape, or form involved in Draymond's mental health issues. Because they haven't, whatever in-house uh, therapy they have or hasn't worked. outside hasn't worked. Yeah. It hasn't worked. And you haven't found the right kind of professionals to either deal with deal with his anger or help him with it. So why, why would anybody think that there's solid evidence that the NBA and the Warriors are doing right by Draymond Green. They're doing right by themselves by suspending him. I understand that. Well, I, I think they're putting the right focus, they're putting the focus on, on his mental health rather than I, I, if I was the league and the Warriors, I would, I would say hands off Gerald, find an independent hmm. body outside 
that's not in that's not in your circle where you where you influence and you can manipulate the situation to, if you want them to get better that's the best course of action because everything you've done up until now has been wrong so i said they should suspend him for a year when that was my first reaction so i guess i'm going to close it out with joe joe let me bring you back in here we started this show with a surprise uh, conversation on Draymond Green. We ended, I guess, on Draymond Green. <sighs> yeah, I'm, that's probably that's why it came on. I'm, I, I got to make this very clear. Draymond Green, Dray, Draymond, there's nothing wrong with Draymond Green. He is a bona fide dildo. That's what he is. He's a schmuck. He's an idiot. He's a moron. That's what he is. We need to stop anointing. Oh, he has a problem. Oh, he needs help. No, no, has nothing to do with that. Has nothing to do with that. He doesn't give a crap. He wants to do what he does. And no one seems to get in his face and tell him who he is. We just sit here and keep thinking everything is an ailment and everything is a disease. How about just being an a-hole? How about he's just an a-hole? And I want to make this really, really loud and clear when I say this. He cost the Golden State Warriors the greatest season the NBA an NBA team could have had. He did. He did. After how many nut shots that year? He did. He cost them in 2016. Okay? And by the way, Jordan Poole, Total a-hole, too. Just not to the degree of Draymond Green. If it wasn't for Jordan Poole in 2022, the Warriors would have got smacked by the Celtics. So you better thank your lucky stars. Jordan Poole pulled all that talent that year. Luckily, it was just that one year and got you that title. Because if you were relying on Draymond Green that year, you would have got your ass kicked in the finals. So just remember that. Draymond Green is an asshat. I don't want him anywhere near our team, not only because he's an idiot, but because he is done and he's been done. Single, what is it? What do they call him? Single doubles? No, single, single triples. triples. Yeah, single, single triples. Single triples is now zero. He's a zero now. He's not even a single anymore. Keep him away. I don't want to see him in the NBA anymore. There's a, I, I, I can go into another realm here with this because I've been hearing a lot of stupid talk too that, well, Dennis Rodman and – Bill Lambier, guys, we're gonna have another show, and I'm gonna tell you the difference between Bill Lambier and and Draymond, uh, Draymond Green and Dennis Rodman. And you guys, because a lot of you guys didn't see Bill Lambier play, and you didn't a lot of you didn't see Dennis Rodman play. I'm gonna explain to you the difference between those two versus this schmuck. And in the end, guys, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about one last thing about the trade thing with Zach Levine. The issue with Zach Levine, besides his knickknack injuries is his contract. I actually would not mind having him as the third guy. He can score. He's athletic. He's something that would be perfect as a third guy. Okay? And he's never been a a locker room cancer. He's never been an issue on the court in terms of not sharing with his teammates or anything like that. And I'm sorry, Sean, I probably would have said F me too if I got drafted by the Timberwolves. But so that's just what that is. No, and, I, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was all for that. I loved, I I called, loved it when he did that. I called, I, I've always called Minnesota the Siberia of, I mean, Toronto gets, Canada gets called the Siberia of sports in a lot of ways. 
one of the reasons why I guess Canada hasn't won a national or the Canadian team hasn't won a national uh, standard cup since 1993. And then of course, you know, Toronto or Vancouver when they were, when they were in existence, but really it's Minnesota. Minnesota is the Siberia of the NBA and anyone that goes there doesn't seem to get past whatever is there. But anyways, no, you're right, Joe. For the all for all four major sports, it seems like Buffalo, Minnesota are the Siberias. Yeah, it is. It is, and and Toronto is 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 a Canadian version of New York. So it's not. I've never been to Toronto, but I have friends that have have, have visited. Obviously, I know you, uh, and I've always heard good things about it. That there is a lot of life there. There's a difference. I know it's cold weather. Everyone thinks cold weather is not good. No, that's not it's, true. It's a lot of things too. It's a funny money, Joe. We got funny yeah. colors on our money. No, no, it's good. It's good. <laughs> no, it's good. Believe me, I, I could live in. Let me just put it this way: If I I could live in New York, I can live in Toronto. I can live in Chicago, uh, Minneapolis. I'd struggle. <laughs> so Zach Levine, if there was a way they could get him, which it's there's really no way with that contract without gutting pretty much creating a lateral move i you know it, i i do it but this is not realistic i think we have a better shot at getting like DeRozan for something uh than we do zach levine but i don't know if that's possible either once again it is the lakers fast break it is lakerholics.com go ahead and check out all the proposals that thomas got working up for you at lakerholics.com and at laker tom on twitter Guys, it's been a great discussion. Uh, big shout out to the chat, Darren, for the super chat. Big shout out to everyone out there. Uh, I guess Magic Man, I'll, I'll leave it with you. Any last thoughts, my friend, before we head on out? I'm sure Laker Tom will inj- interject as well. So. Uh, we're going to have to gut our team for uh, Levine and Plus. I don't want to do that. Yeah. But I'm, I got this feeling. Tom said it. That the Lakers are circling around that situation, Gerald. And any time they've been linked to circling around these situations, nine times out of ten, they end up pulling the trigger. I really hope the gun jams on that uh, on that trade call (laughs) and somehow. Or we get a uh, steal. I mean, the only way they got to do it is it's just got to be a raw deal where we couldn't turn it down. You yeah, know, we, I yeah, I really I really don't want to deal with the picking pick any filler we want to send them. You know, that's the deal, I think. Yeah, I really don't want to deal with the Bulls because now Michael Reinsdorf is actually running them, Gerald. And quite frankly, when they started out the year, uh both Reinsdorf and uh and Canassis, uh, they're uh they're president of basketball ops talked about the bulls wanting to be a faster team gerald they're ranked 30th in pace yeah they are the slowest team in the nba and i don't really want to trade with a team that's slower than we are we got our own problems that that we do my friend that we do but uh we'll go ahead and expound on them more tomorrow on tomorrow's show again it's the pregame coming up at you here tomorrow night then of course the during the game, playback.tv slash Lakers fast break and the post game, the best post game for the Lakers that's out there is right here at the Lakers fast break. And then again, catch Laker Tom, Lakerholics.com. Uh, you will catch the greatest articles for him, the number one Lakers 
blogger that's out there. And then, of course, also as well, our good friend Jamie Sweet, a.k.a. Yami Sweet, his five things articles there as well. Thank you also to Joe, who interrupted his football viewing for today's game. So let's hope uh, we can get everything going here. So it is the Lakers fast break. Please go ahead and like and subscribe. So thank you so much again for joining us. We're looking forward to a great rest of your Lakers weekend. And also as well, we'll see you tomorrow night right here at the Lakers fast break podcast.